the geometry of the place was all wrong. One could not be sure that the sea and ground were horizontal. You're listening to Cthulhu and Friends, starring Stacy, Mike, Fred, and Steph. I am your game master, Veronica. Hey everybody, welcome back to another exciting episode of Cthulhu and Friends. I am your game master, Veronica. I'm Stacy, and I play Bellamy. I'm Michael, and I play Todd B. I'm Steph, and I play Clara. And I'm Fred, and I play Edward Worthington III. So, Mike, how much exposition can you fit into a very short recap? Last time on Cthulhu and Friends. After hitting the floor hard, Bellamy has an out-of-body experience and meets a strange woman under her bed. The woman introduces herself as Illyria and asks for Bellamy's help in finding her missing son, Nighthawk. Illyria has seen the trouble that the rest of the crew is facing and decides to have Bellamy's help in capturing misbehaving creatures within the in-between dimension. In Edward's hospital room, Beatrice meets with the rest of the crew. She tells them the missing children are hidden in a cave near a seaside cliff. The crew decides to storm the cave after Beatrice gives them some additional firepower. And that's where we left off in the last episode. Okay, I'm going to get out of here. Good luck. Talk to me whenever you get back. I'll be in my office. Wait. Wait. Wait, hold on. You're not coming with us? No, I don't go on investigations. I send you to do the investigating. You're just sending us to this cave with a death ray. And backup! Oh. Oh, who's the backup? There's like 40 people outside. Oh. To back you up. You didn't mention that. I did mention backup. Are they like cops? Mercenaries? Do they have death rays? I wouldn't call them mercenaries. I'd call them helpful. Are are they just townsfolk? Deputized townsfolk. So you just want to throw a bunch of townsfolk into uh, this crazy situation. And who exactly do you think you are? You're townsfolk. Right, but I'm not going to go volunteering other people to do this as well. Well, they did. They volunteered. Do they know what they're volunteering for? A high-stakes mission, of course. I don't just send people out and say, Oh, here, go to your death. No one cares. I hate you. No, I tell them as much as I can. So they know there might be monsters. Well, they know there might be danger. Do you really think that I'm going to be able to convince anybody to go with you if I say there are monsters? Are you out of your mind? I mean, Claire, these aren't like my NPCs that just march to their death for the sake of the plot. It's <laughs> a little bit what I'm worried about, to be honest. Well, these are real people that have our back, which means that you know they're they're supportive of you. Perhaps they'll still be supportive during the election. Okay, assuming we don't get them killed. Well, I'd really hope that you would had more confidence than this. I'm worried, to say the least. Very worried. And good luck. Thank you. And thanks for the death ray and the bullets. Let's call it the golden gun. Not the death ray. Okay. And we'll just call these old bullets. And she winks her eye at you. Got it. And she slips out the door. Um, how many bullets are there? Sixteen. I will hand Edward's gun back to him. How about you hold on to the death ray and, and I'll take these old bullets with my gun so we both have something. Oh, what am I gonna do? You you have the power of intelligence, Todd. Like That's not armor. <laughs> look, you're you're like always prepared. You you have something for Something. All the time. That is true. 
You always have what we need, and then I'll have a death ray. I mean... Would you like to roll preparedness? Yes, yes, I would. Four or higher. I will put two points into this. Oh, and I got a two. Plus two is four. Perfect. I mean, you probably have peppermint candies in your pocket right now. Bet. Definitely. You just think that because my pockets smell like peppermint. Wait, they still smell like peppermint? All this time? I mean, it's a good smell. Well, I I guess we should go then? Yeah. I, I mean, I still like my idea of turning invisible and going on ahead. Because now there's 40 innocent people coming along with us. Well, how about this? It... When we get there, you can try again, and, you know, if you are able to, then, you know, you could go a little bit ahead of us. I'll be right behind you. That that seems like a reasonable plan. You know, I think I might have packed a pistol. Oh. What? Why? Okay, all right. I know. This seems crazy. Uh... We're doing some hiking up in the mountains, and like that season, mountain lions were just all over the place. So I was like, I want to bring something along just in case. You don't want to go out getting killed by a cat. But isn't that like bad luck or something? I I think getting killed would be bad luck, but yeah. Yes, and my luck on top of that means I would definitely encounter them. I never did, but I do think that was at the bottom of my bag. But wouldn't you bring a rifle or something? Like, pistol for mountain lions? That's... Anyways. I wasn't hunting. I was just hiking. So you you don't go hiking with a rifle. That's, that's hunting. Well, here, m- maybe you should take half the bullets so that we both have some of these old bullets. And I'll take the death ray. I mean, golden gun. Veronica, are these elder bullets also 9mm? Yeah, they will conform to whatever gun you put them in. Bellamy, the timekeeper's eyes seem to be casting a light over the area that you're in. And... Alaria runs away from you very quickly and she has this like big torch. It's uh, very reminiscent of Jurassic Park. She takes this torch and she snaps off the top of it and it creates this bright orange light and she starts waving it around and you see these eyes flip around and these horns start growing and plummeting into the ground near Alaria, and she is just zipping back and forth between all of these horns. And finally, she yells at you, Okay, Bellamy! Now! I open the box immediately. You do this thing. I would like you to roll athletics five or higher. I have nothing in athletics, so... Look. I rolled a one. You open the mirrored box, and there is this surge of energy. And it's so powerful that you don't seem to be able to grasp onto it completely. And it slips out of your hand, and lands face up on the ground where you feel yourself being sucked inside of this mirrored box your hand first and as your hand reaches the box it feels like you're pressing your skin against a hot cast iron skillet and then that sensation just rolls up your arm onto your shoulder onto your neck face body all of it and you are trapped inside the mirror box. Todd, what are you guys planning to do now? All right, let's let's 
go back to the house so I can retrieve uh, my pistol and then we can go scope out the cave with our posse. Yeah, I guess we need to go meet our posse. <laughs> Are they just hanging out outside the hospital? Once you guys get down into the lower levels of the hospital, you'll see a couple of people there and they are dressed in blue pants and a blue polo that is uh, embroidered with the St. Paxton Island police sigil. Oh, hey, are you the volunteers? Yes, ma'am. The the rest of us are at at the station just uh, waiting, so... Uh, whenever you're ready, uh, we'll all be there for you. Are are you feeling ready? Yeah. I mean, I'm nervous, but I mean, who wouldn't be nervous? Okay. Just making sure you're ready to charge into the unknown. Edward, roll a reassurance. Three or higher. Four. Perfect. You see several young people uh, kind of gathered around in the hospital. You maybe have eight or so there. And if you'd like to, you can give them a reassuring message like, hey, we're going to do this together. We're going to be fine. You're all amazing if you want. Deputy, what's your name? Uh, My name is Laura Braintree. Great. Uh, Actually, the rest of you, why don't you come around? Deputy Braintree, um, everyone, we've gotten information that you have already probably received, but there are reportings of possibly kids trapped in a cave. Now, we have no idea what we're going to find in there, but it's important that we all get together and do what we need to do to protect these children. We need to make a stop over at uh, our house to pick up some supplies. Why don't the rest of you meet us at the location? And once we arrive, uh, we'll take the lead. We're going to save these children. Are you with me? Yeah. Lots of people are excited. And really, you can see a very definitive change in the way that they look and even the way that they hold themselves. Stop by the station, get some flashlights, maybe some rope, you know, some of those flares. We don't know what we're going to need, but it's best that we're prepared. We'll see you over there in about 15, 20 minutes. So they're really excited and okay, we'll see you there. Thank you, sir. And they they walk to the station. All right, guys. You hear this uh, whirring and you watch as Nighthawk drives up in a golf cart. You fellas looking for a ride? Oh, Nighthawk, you are so amazing. I know, I know. I'm excited about it, too. Hop on in. I jump in. Same. Yep. Nighthawk puts a blue and red light on top of the golf cart and switches it on. And she turns around and says, I've always wanted to do this. Nighthawk, you're awesome. Thanks. Uh, pretty soon you guys are at Mosado Lago. Okay, won't take but a minute. I run up and retrieve my pistol. What is the status of my clothing? You're in an open-assed sitch. I'm gonna go upstairs and get some clothes. Yeah. You might want to do that. Yeah. Um. Please don't stare at my butt and I just start running. I might stare at his butt as he walks away. Okay. Uh, We will leave that to the listener as to whether or not she does or doesn't stare at the butt. It's whatever makes your heart happy. (laughs) Edward, you notice that, you know, you're able to put your arms behind you and keep the flap closed, uh, able to, you know, shuffle and run at a very normal pace for you. And by the time you're at the front door, you feel fine. Like normal. I start taking the bandages that are wrapped around my body and I kind of inspect myself. Are there any bruises or 
you know, cuts or anything like that. You don't see any signs of bruising. You do have a scar where the incisions were made during your surgery. Huh. That's odd. Well, I, I, I gotta get some clothes. And I start running upstairs. Clem runs right behind you. Clem! Oh, it's so good to see you, girl. Alright, watch my back while I run upstairs and get some clothes. She does. And uh, I will put on uh, just standard jeans, shoes, long sleeve shirt. And uh, I'll head downstairs. Okay. Does Clem come with me or does she stay behind? Uh, She will follow you outside for sure. Hey, so uh, we're going to be going somewhere dangerous. So why don't you hold the fort down and keep an eye on the place? She licks your ankle. I'll be back. Don't worry. She walks to the front door and just lies in front of the, the threshold. I take one last look and nod my head at Clem and I start jogging back towards the golf cart. Todd, while you're inside, you're able to secure your weapon and you hear an exchange between Clem and Edward. You, he walks through, you know, he's in the house. On your way out, you feel the sensation that you're being watched. I will immediately brush the back of both knees as I whirl and look around. As you touch the area that was recently touched by Bellamy, you feel this heat sensation. Do you look at your legs? Uh, I first want to, like, do a 360 and make sure there isn't someone there. You don't see anyone. Okay, feeling better that I'm not being watched by anyone. Uh, I will try to see if I can't twist my leg to see what's going on behind it. Are you wearing shorts or jeans? I just assume Todd is always in shorts. That's fair. We can go with that. You notice that there are two gray-looking dots. It almost looks like a a gray pus that are on the back of your knees. Um, I will walk into the kitchen get a paper towel, get that wet, and try to wipe that away. Okay, you are able to do so. And I will wipe the other leg clean as well. Uh, And everything seems fine. I will rejoin my friends. Bellamy, you watch from a bread box on the counter as Todd wipes this gray goo off of the back of his legs and heads out the door, stepping over Clem deftly. Can I, I would like to bang against the sides of the bread box. Oh, you could try, but your body is mostly just like in a square shape. So best of luck with that. Uh, Six on athletics. I got a five. I was close. If that doesn't work... It didn't. Then I would like to try to use my water thing. Sure. How are you going to do this? I am going to close my eyes real tight, hold my breath, and just, like, try to push as much, I guess, power out. So either I'm hoping it's going to pop the box open in the in-between or it's gonna shoot the bread box off the counter perhaps at Todd's leg I mean sure call high or low please I am gonna go with low you try real hard but all you're able to produce is the tiniest little fart and now it stinks in here god oh 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 Would you like to try anything else? I mean, the only thing I could do is try another athletics. So, What would you be doing differently with this athletics role? I think I'm going to concentrate on, instead of like banging on the sides, I'm going to concentrate on trying to unfurl my body in a straight up motion back the way I came in. So like push the top off. Okay, six. 
And I can't put any points in it because I don't have any points in it, right? That's right. Double check. Fuck. A five again. All right. Well, that's it. You feel like you are really as strong as you can possibly be, but nothing is happening. I will say you do manage to flip your square form around. And so now your eye is looking out into the gray void and you see Alaria running toward you and running toward the box very quickly. But there is a horn that is also coming directly at you. Edward and Todd, you cross the bridge and you get back into the uh, golf cart. Ready to go? Yeah, all set. Ready. Let's do this. In no time at all, you are at the police station. Are the people waiting outside? They are, and they seem to be very reassured uh, from the group that walked over and uh, talked about the inspiring speech that Edward gave. They feel confident. I stand up on the edge of our golf cart and I address the the rest of the deputies. All right, everybody, get in your golf carts. We got to head to the beach. There's a cave there and we believe that there might be children trapped there. So let's head out. And I drop down into the cart. Okay, with Nighthawk leading the way, Several other golf carts loaded with uh, fellow investigators are behind you as you make your way down to the cliff. So Nighthawk leads the way around to the other side of the beach. So you're approaching from a different angle uh, than you did last time. And everyone is now on foot walking towards the entry to this cave. So before we get too close to the entrance, I think um, I will stop the crowd. Okay. And just say to them, we're going to lead the way, uh, scope it out, make sure we can do what we can to make sure it's safe. If you all want to give us a moment before you follow behind. How long's a moment? Okay, how about like, I don't know, you guys, like, a couple minutes? Is that too much? Or until you hear a yell? A couple minutes or until you hear a yell. Okay. Okay. And then I'll turn to Edward and Todd and be like, I'm going to turn invisible. It's going to happen this time. Okay. I'm going to close my eyes and focus and... I'm not just focusing on turning invisible. I'm focusing on the idea that if I turn invisible, I can help protect my friends. As you're doing this, Nighthawk lifts your hand up to your cheek, your scarred cheek. High or low for favorable results? Low. Edward and Todd. You watch as Clara closes her eyes and has a very serene look on her face. And Nighthawk picks up her hand and places Clara's own hand on her cheek. And then Nighthawk releases and Clara is gone from sight. Um, Clara? I reach a hand out to where she was. Todd, what? Uh, you definitely bump into her. Ow. Oh, okay. Huh, did it work? Wait. The hell? Can you hear me? Yeah, where are you? I'm invisible. Wait, that's a thing? It's a thing! I am super confused. Did (laughs) you always have the power to turn invisible? Like, I don't know. I I mean, we're going to have to ask all kinds of questions when this is over, because how did I get this power? How do I control it? I don't know, but I'm invisible. Okay, um... Wait, 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 wait. I pick up a rock and I place it forward. Hold this rock. Let's see what happens. Okay. And I'll take the rock from him. How do you hold the rock? I'll place both my hands under the rock and kind of just gently take it from his grasp. Are you open palm or closed palm? Open. Okay. Todd, you see a rock floating in the air. 
Nighthawk strategically places her body behind Clara and in front of the crowd of people. Do we, I guess we see Nighthawk, right? Like it. Yeah, you definitely see Nighthawk. There's no like distortion effect. No. Does the crowd of, is the crowd of people reacting to this? Like, well, Nighthawk stepped in the way, so they're not seeing that now. Oh. That's what you meant by that. Okay. Um, if I close my hands around the rock, will it seem to disappear to them? Yes. So, I have the death ray um, on me. Because it was on me when I turned invisible, is it also invisible? Yes. I wonder if I could turn other people invisible if I'm touching you when I turn invisible. I mean, you could give it a try. But then I'd have to figure out how to turn visible and then turn invisible again. (sighs) This is a very confusing power. Okay, so you're going to go scout, but... Yeah. I... I kind of want to go with you, so why don't you just go ahead of me and we'll kind of follow you, but from afar. Yeah, I I mean, stay back enough that if anything's, you know, in sight, they won't see you guys. I mean, the the whole point is stealth. I mean, they're not going to see me, but I I need you two to be safe as well. (sighs) But Clara, like, we don't know what we're dealing with. What if... What if these things can see you, like, through your invisibility? I I don't know how it works. I mean, the, those monsters that attacked you couldn't see me. I guess I was out at the time, so... I mean, if you say so... Yeah, I mean, I walked right up to them and shot them. They... They didn't see me coming. You hear a child scream from the cave. Oh my god. We have to go. Just follow follow a little bit behind me. We don't have a choice. Let's do it. Okay, go. And I'm going to start running into the cave with the death ray in my hands. You run into the cave and you can't see. If I sort of pause and listen, can I hear footsteps or children or anything? You do not hear footsteps. You do hear crying. <laughs> I want to slowly and quietly work my way towards the crying but walking in that way where you kind of like like gently put your foot out first to make sure you're not gonna step in a hole or something before I put my weight on my foot um, so just kind of delicately working my way through the dark you do this and you begin to feel the slipperiness Edward as you're following behind her you somewhat remember this slippery sensation. It's kind of coming back to you. And Clara, you begin to fall and you grasp at something beside you just like you would like reflexively grasp for a wall. And you feel your hand land in something familiar. And you move your fingers just a little bit and you feel teeth and a wet tongue. Let me know what you do. Does it react instantly to my touch? It's quivering. I immediately pull my hand back and I take a step backwards and listen. Edward, do you have your flashlight? Absolutely. Do you turn it on? Absolutely. You turn it on and all of you that are there see a child that has been sort of plastered into the wall and there are these roots and this plant that's all over its face and it just appears like this plant is sort of red looking and you can tell it's leaching out blood But the plant is going up over the ceiling, and you see that the entire entryway to the cave is covered in the same plant that was underneath the original house that you investigated. Is there only one child that I can see? No, there are several all around. They seem to be lining the wall. 
Do they look conscious at all? Yeah, they do. There's a lot of terror and fear in their eyes. As soon as the the light comes on and I can see that these are children and not monsters, I'm going to go to the closest child and start trying to pry the plants away. You do that and they start attaching to you. Uh, I will kind of shake my hands to see if I can get them off. Clara, why don't we clear the cave and then we can bring in the volunteers to help cut the kids out? Yeah, I think the volunteers are going to get eaten by the plants too. You see the ground beneath you turn into stairs. And a voice that seems to be coming from further in the cave says, Hello? Do we recognize the voice at all? You do not. Edward might. I know you've come for me. Who, who is this? Who's speaking? My name is Mormo. Hi, Mormo. We're not here for you. We're here for the children. These are my children. Why are they your children? Because someone failed to feed me and feed my young. You hear this sniff. The third, the second fed me. That was his job. In exchange for wealth, he provided me with food. Who? The second one. His offspring is here now. Uh, well, Mormo, we've taken care of that issue. What? And we would like to continue not having an issue in that department. But it would be a great chance for us to come to a agreement that maybe these kids should go free so that we don't have this problem again in the future. Did you bring me new bodies? No. Then you've solved nothing. Can I roll stealth? You sure can. And try to sneak down the stairs. I'm assuming the voice is coming from down the stairs. You need to go up the stairs? Okay. Yeah, I want to roll stealth. Well, this is really important, so I'm going to put all my points and stealth in it, so that's three points. Okay. And I rolled a five, so that's eight. Okay. You feel stealthy. So I'm going to stealthily climb the stairs towards the voice. Okay. As you do, you recognize a piece of jewelry in the wall as you get to the very top of the stairs it's a ring a very very familiar ring and you can see this light emanating from what looks like a kind of a big valley or basin so you're climbing these stairs and you're looking down into this big bowl. And in the bowl is a woman, an old, old woman. And her hair is just floating around her. And her eyes are covered with a bandage. And all of that plant and that life form are coming up to the very top of this cave and then they're creating this long vine that stretches down and goes right into her chest. And you can pull together that she is feeding off of the bodily fluids of the children in the walls. But your eye is taken back to the corner where you see your mother's wedding ring. Um, do I see any part of her or just the ring coming from the wall? You're being very stealthy right now, and you're only seeing the faint glow of the light that's at the bottom of this big bowl. If you want to investigate this piece of wall further, you'll need to roll stealth again 
and I'd like you to roll evidence collection. Has the presumably Mormo reacted to my presence at all? Not yet. So, from my understanding, she is the source of all these problems. She's the one feeding on everybody. So, my goal is to take her out and then go back and save the children and hopefully my mom. So, I want to approach Mormo and try to shoot her with the death ray. Okay. Well, since I don't have any clue what she's doing, can I continue my uh, conversation with Mormo? Yeah, you sure can. Mormo, our society puts a large price on children's lives. And unfortunately, that's something that we can't let go of without other people trying to get involved. The only way that this deal can work going forward is if we can have the children back. Now, if you need replacement bodies, we can potentially increase the number of people on the manifest. Uh, and that way we could free the children in that aspect. Could we maybe work something along those lines? Mormo looks up, and only you can see this, Clara, but she looks up and she says, That's all too late now. I was generous with you. I let you live here with me. I gave you freedoms. I gave you riches. All I asked for was your dedication to feeding me. That's all I wanted. Well, I, I, I apologize. Your apology means nothing to me. We didn't know what this meant or what it did. We didn't know what would happen as a result if we didn't. Now we are meeting for the first time, and now we do know what will happen, and we will ensure that this doesn't happen again in the future. But now that we're having this conversation, we didn't know previously. You're holding me to a bargain that I didn't make. Roll reassurance. Okay. Three. I've been watching you. And I've been keeping my little feelers all around you. You're not very dedicated. That's not true. If you've been watching us, you know that we added several people to be able to sign the list to ensure that it would go up without a hitch every day. That's fine. But I'm keeping who I have here. You may go. Don't fail me. And you hear the screams of all of these children as you watch Mormo suck in all of their blood at one time and you see this like slurry of blood and fat all around her and she opens her mouth and just absorbs it as soon as I start to hear that and see it can I try to shoot her from whatever distance I'm at at that point you can try anything what do I roll for that firearms because we're in a very intense situation, I'm not going to be giving you your minimums. Can I say, before I roll, if I either like miss shooting her or if I shoot her and it has no effect, I'd like to try to shoot a second time at this plant cord that's going down to her. Okay. Which one are you shooting first? Her. Okay. Five. You hit her, 
very squarely in the shoulder, but nothing happens. She just moves. And then you see through the light of the laser, her head look up at you and it cocks to the right and you see all of her hair actually snakes sort of come alive and look at you and then behind you you hear a voice that was very stupid and as you spin around you see the corpse of your mother as her eyes turn into these moons it looks like two moons in her eye sockets that was very very bad Clara I was going to let you leave mom your mom's body pulls away from the wall and you see one of the moons sort of flicker out and your mom's voice comes through you can't trust him Clara his father did this to us that was very stupid Clara and you feel this arm this decayed completely arm swipe at you but I can't see you and you're able to move backwards and you see that it is just swiping over and over just trying to get purchase on you Edward so I'm at the bottom of the stairs the kids are in the walls this blood plant creature is everywhere right floors walls everywhere Mm -hmm. I hear the death ray the golden gun go off Do I hear Todd's conversation as well as Clara's conversation going on? You hear Todd's conversation for sure because he's yelling and they're going back and forth and she's answering in that like whispery voice all around you. Okay. You don't necessarily hear Clara's. That's a very close conversation. And I still have the magical pendant of like the lost witches, right? You do. And once again, just so I understand, the floor is covered with these blood vines yes I want to basically just rip the the pendants chain or thong or whatever it is that holds it to my neck and I want to shove it down into the ground and try to channel whatever power that I've felt in the past when I was here and I want to see if it has an impact on the plant life that is covering all the children. Okay. So you are plunging the amulet. The amulet, yes. In into the plant. Correct. High or low for favorable results? Always high. You plunge the amulet into a mass of just really tightly woven plant life and you feel this surge of energy coming from you you have no idea where it's coming from when it will end but it's everything that you have and you feel life passing from you and into this plant and you hear Mormo say this is the sacrifice I've waited for yes Good, just like your father. You keep giving more and more. That's enough. Do you stop? Do I see a change in the environment? Like, do do I see the children being released from their binds? Like, They're not, but they don't seem to be in... It's almost like you're providing them with, like an extra source of vitality or life in the sense that I'm providing this to the children or that I am preventing her from draining more life out of them. What do you mean by that? Um, so if you can imagine if she were a surgeon 
And this and all of the children were basically on the table experiencing severe blood loss. You are just there hanging bag after bag after bag of blood so that that person doesn't essentially bleed out. Okay, so at this point, I continue to funnel my life force into the ground. And then I look back at Nighthawk and I'm like, Nighthawk, get everybody in here. Get the children out of here. And I continue to put myself into the ground. You hear Nighthawk, okay, sir. And she runs out as fast as you really can imagine that a Nighthawk could go. And you see lots of people starting to filter in around you. But then you feel two hands on your shoulders. You got this. Here, you can take some of me too. And you push more and more of yourself. And you pull from Nighthawk. And push Nighthawk through the vines and into the children. As your volunteers are scraping all of this blood-sucking plant life off of the children. And they're pulling them out. And you hear Mormo, that's enough. I said that's enough. Clara, you watch as Mormo starts backing up toward the hole. And she starts tugging at this plant that's just inserted into her chest. And she's trying harder and harder to pull it out, but it's just wet with blood and fat. And she falls off of the cliff, and you hear this snap of the vine. And you watch as she shrivels in the center and disappears. When I turn back around, is my mom still there? She is. She's um, absolutely dead for many, many years. You're able to very clearly see kind of close to her, maybe a few bodies down, the body of your father. I'm just going to go over to them and just collapse on the ground in tears. Edward, you keep pushing more and more of your life force into this. And Todd, you kind of see that it's over Whatever it was, it's not talking to you anymore. And you feel this feeling like you're not being watched. But Edward is lost in this moment. I will look around and see how many of the children have been rescued at this point. Probably about five at this point. They are really stuck in there and it takes several people to get in there and get one out. But they're being passed down because they're all far too weak to be walking out at any point. Nighthawk collapses. I will pick up Nighthawk and drag her slightly away from Edward, and then I will put my arm around Edward. Edward, what's going on? Edward. He is unresponsive to you. Talk to me, man. You're watching as his hair is turning gray and his skin is wrinkling in front of you, turning into just withering leather. I will reach down and pull his hand up from where it's stabbing into the root. Give me a three or higher on athletics. That's a three. You pull him loose and you feel this intense sensation as this like it's almost like a very warm blanket falls over you and each of you feel this sensation and it's almost like you're being drawn down to the ground by the most intense morphine you've ever had Um, It's just that very weird sinking feeling. 
Bellamy. As you struggle to get out of the box, you watch as Ilaria opens the box very quickly and you have just a moment to hop out. Do you hop out? Yes. You hop out and Ilaria screams at you, take the flare! And she spits the flare out of her mouth and into your hands. Run! I said I needed to work on my cardio! And I take off running. You do so, and you see the lights of the timekeeper's eyes following you around. But Ilaria holds the mirrored box open, and you see it sucked in, and it cries out in pain. And you are there for every second because you know how much every single cell in its body is hurt. And then she snaps it closed and very gently tucks the lock in. That fixes time. Okay. So, you and I, we gotta get you back to your body. But first, we've gotta do some other stuff. Are you into this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Less running, though. I don't like that so much. Also, we do have to find your kid. So, you know, I, I keep that promise. Body's fine. I'm sure. It's good. Yeah. And at that moment, you hear this, like, screech. And... What you can only attribute as maybe lightning crossing the sky as something awful is plummeted back into the gray. And it looks like the moon is joined by other moons. Hmm. I think your friends were pretty successful, actually. Huh? But that also means there's probably a super angry thing here. So we should probably head out. So much running. Fine. Let's go. Let's find a closet. You find a closet and Ilaria says, I am extremely hungry. Do you mind if we grab something to eat real quick? Um, nope. That's... Cool. I'm... She runs over to a vending machine and you see her put, you know, quarter after quarter after quarter in there. And she just gets tons of Reese's peanut butter cups out of a vending machine and is just like throwing them back over and over. She no doubt eats at minimum 10 big Reese's peanut butter cups. Okay. Back in the closet. You're coming, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes. Yep. Right behind you. And as you walk past a room, you see a chart out of the corner of your eyes. And it says, Edward Worthington III. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait. What's... I need to look at this. Hmm. Do you, though? Yes. And I walk towards the chart. You look at the chart. What are you looking for here? I want to know what's on this chart. I mean, I saw Edward's name, so I'm looking to see why his name is on here and what it's connected to. Ah, sure. So what you see are recent blood pressure, whether or not he had a fever, what his O2 levels are, uh, all sorts of things like that that would just be on the chart. You good? Mm, I want to flip through some pages, see if there's anything that catches my eye. Premature aging. Oh no, my heart. Why? Okay, so as I flip and that catches my eye, I stop and I stare at it. And there's just this pause. There's nothing else. I'm just standing there with the chart in my hands, looking at these words. And then I flip all the papers back. I put the chart down and I walk over to the closet shouldn't have looked didn't need to know you guys walk into the closet and you continue 
finding out some of the deeper mysteries of St. Paxton Island. As she's clearing out some of the peanut butter from between her jaw and her cheek. So, here's some things that you need to know. Number one, like I said, you guys are actually founders of this entire planet. You know what I mean? Do you know what that even means? It means the things that you think happen. That's pretty fucking cool. Right? I decided to found her somewhere. I don't think I am. I haven't found a place where I am. So, I've been to lots of places too. If we think it, it happens? I mean, sometimes. It's not very reliable. Uh, okay. I mean, really, Clem is the one that's in control of you, so. Ugh. Should've got a Gatorade. I, cute dogs definitely do sometimes control their humans. No, she's like a, she's like a, how do we say? <sighs> like a real god, you know? Some would, some do say that, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm saying it. I don't care about some. Me. Have you seen me? I'm awesome. Okay, I won't argue with that, but... Clem? A god? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we gotta find her backstory. I'll show it to you while we're here. Okay. Well, this is... <laughs> backstory. You sound like Todd. I liked him. It's a shame that you gave him bad knees. I'm sorry, what? I did what? I told you not to touch people. I mean, it with my body language, at least. You shouldn't have done that. That was a bad. That was a bad call. Now he's gonna have knee issues. Do you know how bad that is? Pretty bad. Look what you've done. It's fine. I'll get him um, for Christmas and his birthday. Each one, he'll just get one of those knee pad things. You're only gonna give him one. He'll get one on his birthday and one on Christmas. This is how Todd works gifts, man. Uh-huh. You suck as a friend. No. I'm just going to be really honest. No. While we're here, I'm going to help you learn how to be a better friend. I am a good friend. Well, I'm not returning you to your body until you are a good friend. How about that? That feels very rude. I, I am a good... Well... Look, this is what Todd does. This is what we do. You give each other arthritic knees? Oh, uh, no. I can't I've see how that's... the knee... The thing that helps the knee. Anyways... He doesn't really use his knees. He'll be fine. So, oh, but there's like a really good breakup story too. Have you ever heard of the breakup story between Glenn and Darius? Wait. It is bad news. Wait. Whoa. whoa, 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 Oh. What? See, those are the type of things that friends tell each other. Oh. And friends don't hold back, right? Good friend. Anyways. I mean, Darius has his issues. He's rather secretive. He's kind of a jerk, too. Mm, nope. See, too far. Mm-mm, you shouldn't talk about my friends like that. I've known him for a really long time. Yeah, but I've known him longer because I'm super old and I'm a founder. I mean, you're a founder here, but like, I'm a resident from over there. So that means nothing. That means everything. Mm. Okay, look, back to the list. What else do I need to know? Founders, we think it, it happens sometimes. I gave Todd arthritic knees. Uh-huh, yeah. AKA, don't touch. Also, basically, in order for me and Clem to get here, like, Darius had to leave, leave. Uh, because Clem will not be in the same... I-, I wouldn't even say planet. I would say, like, universe is him. She won't have it. She hates him. Oh, that's... So... That's really rough. Well, he's a really mean guy. No. You know, the last world that he created, he, like, basically banished all scientists. Yeah. It was tough. And in fact, Clem ended up leaving him because of that. Really because of my sisters. He called them... Abominations! And I wasn't into that. That was not cool. And we were basically out there just like making awesome science. And I don't know. He just didn't like it. He doesn't like it when the little people start doing things that he can do. You know? That's what he doesn't like. So, 
Anyways. Kind of a jerk. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Darius anymore. I don't think you know him that well. I don't like any of this. Um, next. What else do you want to know? Like, anything good? Yeah, like, uh, okay, so you're looking for your, your kid. Yes, my son, Nighthawk. I adopted him from another planet, and I saved him. And then I brought him over here because, well, I kind of accidentally destroyed his planet. So... Had to bring him somewhere. Super good kid was really interested in all the things I was doing. So I taught him how to be an assassin, just like me. <laughs> okay, those were scary words. Okay, so Nighthawk is here. And then, so there's an orderly in the hospital that is a Nighthawk. Oh, And there's right, a yeah. high school kid who is a Nighthawk. Nighthawk is super good at splitting themselves. So we just have to find the original Nighthawk. And we have to find the original Nighthawk before some of these other chaotic creatures do. But also we need to be trapping these creatures. Here are some more boxes. We're going to go and do some cool shit. And uh, we'll get back to your body later. Clara. Edward is hooked up to an IV. He has uh, oxygen uh, provided for him. And he looks to be very close to maybe 60 years old. Which is younger than how he looked when he got in here. Is he conscious? Yes. Okay. I would be sitting by the bed holding his hand. And look like I've been crying for quite a while. And probably not saying a whole lot at the moment. And also just kind of watching him closely to see if his age is changing. Yeah, you've definitely seen the progression of his age. I mean, he's getting younger. Edward, I don't even know what to say. That was insane. You don't have to say anything. We needed to save those kids. You hear familiar shoes as the... Magistrate of Justice walks into your room. Well, you've done a really great job. I'm very proud of you. All three of you. That was great. Can I ask you a question? Of course. Would you say that we solved the mystery of the missing children? I would say that. And the people of St. Paxton are eternally grateful. Good. That's all that matters. As long as they're safe. Listen, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but, you know, it's been a few weeks since uh, children started going missing, and now most of these children are recovered. The polls are not looking good for you. Um, in fact, it looks like Mr. M is probably going to win this mayoral election. I, of course, am running unopposed. So. I don't even know what to say to that. We we almost died. We saved a bunch of kids. And now you're talking about an election. And. Well, I'm just saying. And Mr. M is evil and, like, nobody else sees it. And I, just, I don't know what you expect from me. Well, I'm just, I'm just here to tell you that you might also want to consider running your campaign <laughs> yeah i've been a little busy saving lives and i think that's gonna look great for you that's gonna look great just as a friend this, i'm obviously not telling you in any kind of official capacity clara we we've got this you've got this we just saved a bunch of kids right todd you're here too yeah dude i've been sitting in the corner the whole time and that's where we're gonna call it Oh my god! <laughs> well, she did say you three. I, know. I, I thought like Edward and Claire were having a moment, and then like, well, you know, Todd can't allow that. <laughs> He's always lurking in the background somewhere. <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! All right, um, that was a great time for me. I hope you all had a great time. Yeah, Did everyone oh, have absolutely. fun? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. It was intense. Excellent. Oh my God. Ugh. 
So good. Well, we're going to go take a knee. If you are interested in hearing our after the episode commentary, questions, comments, crippling fears about what is happening in St. Paxton, become a patron and listen to our ramblings. It'll be great. Uh, Stacy, take us out. This episode was edited by Rob Anderson, the musician who made The Lounge, our opening and closing theme. Find him on Twitter at potentially Rob. This episode was produced by Hiroshi, and you can find him at maybe Hiroshi. You can find the rest of the crew on Twitter as well. V is at typical Veronica. Mike is at one gaming lane. Fred is at I think I'm Fred. Steph is at Starlit Firefly. And you can find me at definitely Stacy. As always, you can follow the show at CAF Podcast and find a permanent link to the Discord in our bio. Want to take a look at the clues, information, or photos the cast stumbled upon during recording? Head on over to our website at www.cafpodcast.com and click on the link labeled The Show at the top of the screen. If you want to help support the show, please share us with your friends on your preferred social media and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. You can also back us on Patreon by going to www.patreon.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, you should check out some of the other Geekling shows, such as Greetings Adventurers, Brute Force, or Dear Internet. Hey Creepers, Mike Lane here. Just wanted to extend another thank you to the wonderful people who help support us on Patreon. The crossed-off name on this week's manifest is Brendan Kellier. Thank you for your contribution to the deepening mysteries of St. Paxton Island. Your support and our other backers help make this podcast happen. Thanks again.